Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Panathinaikos International uh, Podcast. We are back here with um, Mitsu, uh, Alki, and Alex. Um, just wanted to start off here. Uh, Mitsu, how's it been going, man? We haven't had you on here in a little bit. Good. You know, it's been tricky with the time difference being here in Greece. But, um, you know, on the plus side, I'm catching really uh, – up close the games, even though I haven't gone, but just being in the climate, you know, it's different being in Greece where everyone's kind of talking about it. It's in the day-to-day conversation publicly. Um, so that's been definitely really nice. It's definitely feeling I missed. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, that's, you know, Mitsu, again, like you mentioned, he's been in Greece. He went back to Greece. And so it's nice to actually have a, a guy that's actually out there in Greece right now amongst all that, um, you know, fan chaos and just kind of talking about the team every single day that's something that i would like to be a part of for sure um alki's back he wasn't with us last time alki how are you i'm good guys i'm good just you know just like everyone else busy with life but you know there's been a lot of panathinaikos on all fronts to keep up with so glad to be back and talk over you know a lot that has been missed yeah, man, definitely a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about for sure. Uh, and then Alex as well. Me and Alex uh, had the uh, podcast last time together, the American Crew. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah, excited. We got a lot to talk about. It's been it feels like a a while since we've been on, and a while even since the Australians were on with the last pod. So there's a lot there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, definitely. You know the really the the kind of the the big game that happened recently for the FC was. You know, last week against Villarreal, um, we saw Panathinaikos, you know, put up a, a valiant effort. Though it wasn't the full 90 minutes. They ended up falling 3-2 um, to the Spaniards, who were very likely looking for that revenge after we, you know, kind of punched them in the mouth that first game of the uh, EuroLeague campaign. Or, I'm sorry, of the Europa League campaign. And so, uh, you know, we... we Almost were able to tie it, but again, that full 90 minutes wasn't there. We ended up losing 3-2 there. Uh, Brignoli with a couple of just masterclass saves there. He, he, I mean, it could have been a lot worse than what it was. Uh, so shout out to him. You know, Foti got onto the score sheet. And it was just, it was a game of a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, I wasn't able to fully catch the game, but just talking to you guys and other Panathinaikos fans, just kind of that that roller coaster of emotions from that game was just ridiculous. I wanna I wanted to start this one off with uh with Mitsu. How did you see this game against Villarreal, this three two loss? Um, I mean it's it's one of those things where at first at the beginning of the game, realistically, a tie would have most people would have been content with. Um, I think. At, for the first half, up until I guess we we conceded, we weren't too bad. I don't think there were too many signs that we were on the back foot or that we would get scored on. Um, and then that once one nil happened, it kind of went downhill from there. That was the problem. And, you know, we didn't wake up until the, what, to the 60th minute and it was already 3-0 and... You know, we started playing better and we scored a couple goals, had some chances to equalize even. So I think it was that the way that 
the game went, ultimately, uh, people might have had a bitter taste at the end, not leaving with a tie. But all in all, it is what it is at that point. I. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think? I agree. I mean, it, it was bittersweet. Um, you know, the way I think about it kind of is like, if you go to Spain and score two goals and don't come with a result, it feels really bad. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you're not going to go to Spain and score two goals many times. So you hope that when you do, you're going to get a result out of it. And, you know, obviously we didn't. So that's, that's the bittersweet part, but yeah, like, like you were touching upon, it was, it was, you know, it was a tale of two halves. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you could erase the first half or, or match the, second half performance in the first half then yeah you are talking about a, a result uh at least a draw so uh yeah I don't know I, the, the one thing that I'll take away which I did say after the game is that you know what we didn't see against Addis when we lost 2-0 uh you know a couple couple days before was that we didn't see that fighting spirit that we we're used to seeing uh with Panathinaikos since basically Ivanovic came you know we don't die until the last minute. And then, you know, we've seen so many, you know, stoppage time goals last, last year. And that was just completely gone with Adis. But then we turned around against Villarreal down three nil and that fighting spirit was back. So that at least was good to see, but you know, in the end it didn't, it didn't really get us anything on paper, but still, still good mentality at least. Yeah. I think it was just one of those kind of, We've talked about it a lot too little, too late. We've seen a trend lately with, you know, questionable decisions as far as like who we're putting out with Jovanovic. Is he slowly losing it? You know, that's for another topic later. But I feel like, like you guys all said, that fighting spirit just kind of fizzled out. Like we started in that group really strong. And then, you know, Renz came in on both legs, Villarreal's just not a good, you know, set of games for us in Europe, honestly. Um, and it, it is bittersweet because in a sense, it's annoying seeing how good we could have played. Uh, like you said, Alex, had we swapped halves if we could or whatever, you know, why would, why didn't we see that type of like play in the beginning? Um, but then on the flip side is like, would we have ever even hit that momentum uh, and form had we not been down had would we have just you know taken the conservative route and sat back and try to play for the one one or the zero zero whatever it was so it's like kind of just like you guys said roller coaster up and down of just I don't know I feel the game plan Jovanovic obviously he's been pulling out strings and results all season long how long we've been saying it but I feel like you know, obviously it's good to see him mid-game adjustment, but I, I just haven't seen a lot of consistency from him or from the squad. I don't know, I'd say for the month of October going into November, uh, even the, the consistency is just so up and down. Yeah, that's, you know, that's something that we've seen echoed a lot lately, um, you know, going across through some of the, uh, the fan bases within our own chat as well, just kind of having that chatter and, like you mentioned as well, we'll bring that up in a little bit. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it certainly is, it, it leaves bittersweet taste in your mouth because, again, like you guys all mentioned, Jonathan Equos had started the game off, uh, and I think it was Nick. I'm always quoting Nick. But uh, Nick brought it up that, uh, you know, 
we need to make sure we don't concede. I think he said like within the first 20 or 30 minutes or so. And so I'm looking at the score because I'm not able to watch the game. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, 20, 30 minutes and we haven't scored or we haven't conceded. And suddenly we concede and we concede another one. And it's like, you know, what's going on? And all of a sudden, Panathinaikos comes out second half and they're like a different team. They're fighting. They're, you know, trying to go for uh, for the game. And that was refreshing to see because, like, you, to your point, Alex, we saw the Addis game where Panathinaikos just came out flat-footed. They didn't really have that fighting spirit. They just kind of came out defeated, looking a little disheveled. So it was good that, you know, you're going and playing against Villarreal, who are, uh, you know, compared to the, uh, the, the talent level, I mean, they're they're – pretty solid team um you know bringing the game to them we, we didn't look scared but it was too little too late i mean like you guys said you score two goals you try to get a result out of spain and you still end up losing three two and brignoli again i mean he came up with some massive saves you know we could have conceded a lot more uh he's a big game player he kind of he showed what it is to be ballsy as a as a keeper and so you know, you see little things like that. That's some positive takeaways I'll, I'll take from it. But overall, just like the campaign so far, it's just been disappointing for me. I mean, we started off with that Villarreal win and back-to-back losses against Ren, draw against Maccabi, loss against Villarreal. And now we're left with one more game um, against Maccabi to see if we'll get into conference. So that was, you know frustrating to say the least but the positive is you know going over this weekend we played uh Ofi who you know they've had their fair share of struggles recently fairly recently um we we ended up getting a 4-0 win um you know Ofi started off the season hot you know they're one of the teams that we talked about where they are the team to watch because they might take some points away from some of the other big four um so we got that that statement win, in my opinion, we got that four 0 win. Um, you know, I, I think it's a great confidence booster for the team. Um, you know, after that unfortunate result against Villarreal, was hoping for that draw. Um, you know, I, I want to kind of spin this towards a, a positive thing. So, what were some of the positive takeaways that you guys each individually got from the game? I mean, so what, what were some positive things that you saw from it? I mean, from the very beginning. Ofi is always a team that that troubles us. Um, so I think that just getting a win against them is always a good sign. And the fact that we bounced back from that, what most people might call a disappointing result against Villarreal. So I think the bounce back and the way we bounce back is probably the, the biggest plus coming out of the weekend. For sure. For sure. Alex, what, how did you see the game? Yeah, um, I think I think the difference between the Villarreal game and the Alpha game, obviously the quality of opponent is different, but what, what's going to bite you in Europe is the lack of being clinical. And obviously it's, you know, it's difficult when you're playing a, a higher-end opponent, but uh, what, what I'm thinking about is, I think it was at 3-1 when Itor missed that chance uh, cross from... Palacio, uh, no, was, I think it was maybe, you know, I need this anyway, crossed from the right and he first timed it and then just hit it wide uh, to the to the right left of the goalie's post. And the reason I'm harping on that is because that would have made it 3-2 earlier than when we did ma- actually make it 3-2. And that gives you a lot more time to actually equalize. I don't remember exactly what minute that happened, but 
you know, the point is that it would have happened earlier than our, the three, two that actually happened. Um, so yeah, that clinicality could have been a difference maker in the last, like, let's say 20 minutes of that game. Um, but yeah, on, on, on the flip side, you have Ophi, we score four goals against them. Okay. One was off the penalty, but, um, you know, you're clinical, you put your chances away and, you know, in the Greek league, you're not going to get bit in the ass if you don't put your chances away, at least not against these lower end opponents off mid table fine, but you know, we have to get used to as a team being more clinical in Europe because again, like I'm thinking about Maccabi too, like the first, the first game we played against Maccabi, like we had that golden chance at the end of the game. Um, and then we just missed it. We could have come come away with it with a, with the three points, but we didn't. But you you can't be missing those chances in Europe. Um, so we got to take a little bit of that clinicality that we have in Greece, even if it's against lesser opponents, to Europe to to really take that step up. Yeah, I mean, it goes with the chatter of like how we all talked about forty. You know, all the chatter about the rumors about him leaving. Is he good enough? Is he the best? striker in Greece all that but to Alex's point at the end of the day your job is to score goals and scoring goals and being clinical wins you games no matter which way you slice it Kutz always likes to remind us in the chat uh and it's true I mean while he's been great like there's moments like that where we see him you know didn't convert the penalty you know he obviously changed this game the second half for us and we can't be over reliant but that's why he brought in guys like Sporad and a lot of these other foreign guys that should have the experience and it's just not working out and you know not to be too negative I, I guess to carry on from what you guys are saying I'm glad to at least see the momentum that we had in the second half with Villarreal carried over into the game with Ofi you know they carry the momentum still continue to score um, and hopefully they just carry that because obviously coming off of the Adi's loss and then the bittersweet loss with Villarreal now carrying into Ulfi with, you know, four goals is great, you know. In past few seasons, we haven't been looked at as really, I don't know how many games we probably played where we score more than two goals a game, if that. So um, I hope they just continue and carry this momentum. And, you know, it's going to be a fight at the top of the table, just like last season, I think. So. Yeah, and to actually to that point there, Alki, too, um, Olympiacos dropped points against, uh, I think it was Volos, over the over the weekend. And so they had their own little dramas there. So Ike won yesterday. And they're, I, I think, one or two points behind us now in second place. So it, it's pretty tight at the top with Bob just behind in third. So, you know, we're going to have our battles. Uh, it is good, again, like you guys mentioned, to have that clinicality. I mean, uh, Ioannidis, for example, you know, you brought him up, Alki. He's more of that type we've talked about. He's more of like that second striker type. Um, I, I think he'll really benefit having that target man or that clinical finisher next to him. Because um, Ioannidis, he does so much right, but I still think he needs to develop that that finishing product, that end product to his game. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of talks about him moving uh, abroad, I but even aside aside from that, guys, I think you can see he he impacts the game both negatively and positively. So, like in the game versus Adis or other games where he just like isn't doing much, like the team isn't benefiting. You can see the team doesn't do much either. And when he's do on a roll, like the team is on a roll. So, regardless of how he develops, like we all say, 
take the eight, 10 million, whatever it is and run, sell them. But we're so over reliant on him really. Like we do get creativity from the wingers and whatnot and scoring, but if he's gone, I have zero faith that they'll be able to replace his production, even in the mm-hmm. off market. Sporar hasn't, you know, we we talked down on him and in the off season, he came in to start the season real hot, but he's kind of just fizzled off as well. I feel like we're seeing the same kind of way from him. So like to be relying on him, have to replace Foti, like we can talk about all the flaws he has, you know, take it to the next level and that's great. But like even with those flaws, he's crushing it. You know, he's got what, like 16 or 17 goals and assists combined in like how many games for us across all all competitions like mm-hmm. that's that's where our production's coming from um and hopefully i thought if he can like alex said if i thought gets even 75 percent of the form he had before going down an injury then that's a really good sign for us but that that's my one worry is all this talk with Fotis. he goes even we take five or six minutes for him then what you know do we have faith that alafuzos or jovanovic even is going to find somebody with similar production yeah, that that's been the common question. You know, I, personally, I mean, I mentioned it on Twitter the other day. I I think we need to keep him. We need to keep him for another year. Uh, you know, they're saying you know take it and run five six million. We took what four five million for Alexandropoulos, and it's like what did we really do with that money anyway? So okay, we're gonna take five six million. I don't really trust that we're gonna make the right investments anyway with that money. So while we've got the productive player, keep him because it's going to help us overall because uh, he's going to add that production, like Alki's saying. And plus, it's also going to develop his game. And you want to see a Greek player succeed. You want to see a guy from Barathenaiko succeed succeed as well. So it's better to just keep him. To the production point as well, it's like when Juricic plays, when he starts, Juricic is able to kind of facilitate a little bit and get things going. The problem is, like I think it was Sturge that mentioned it, if he comes off the bench – there's, there's like no production. And same with Bernard. I mean, I've been on Bernard's case since last year. He's Bernard is just too hot and cold. I mean, he, we don't really know what his role is in this team. He, he plays as a Vecari, he plays as a winger, but it's like, he's like this weird hybrid player. He's not bringing the production that we thought he would, especially for the salary. So with Foti being the guy, we lose Foti and we just rely on Juricic. What is going to happen? You know, we don't have the personnel the, the finishers at least like the strikers to actually get the job done on that front so it it is going to be really really concerning it kind of opens up a can of worms there um you know alex or, or uh, mito you guys kind of have any any opinion on this on this whole 40 situation um i mean i i agree with you adonio i think it's too early to have any of those kind of conversations either way though i think at this point, we're just putting the putting our heads down as fans and as the as players, obviously, and just focusing for on what we have now. Um, and with regards to to Foti on the field, I think he's approaching the he's approaching this this point that young strikers seem to have that they'll either start scoring and come real hot. Or they'll they'll just fade away, and it'll be make or break. But I think he'll I think he'll come good, and just you'll see these chances that he keeps missing, like like the one uh, against Ofi before he scored the, his second goal, 
And honestly, the second goal, the fact that he hit the post first and I mean, he got the rebound, but you need to be putting that away without the post. So those are the kind of chances that I'm looking at to see that he starts putting them away. And I, th I think he will. I think these next couple of games, he'll start coming good and just get hot. But yeah, I think he went the whole month of October, I think, without like any kind of goal involvements, considering, you know, the start he was on. So hopefully that means he already hit that slump and will rebound from there. Obviously, it shows he slowly has. <laughs> Mm -hmm. One one moment I want to point out, though, to your point, Micho, is I completely agree with you, uh, especially with that post that he hit against Ofi. He should be putting that away first time. But at the same time, he did put away that goal against Villarreal. Um, uh, it was from the v Villena long ball. It was our it was the second goal. Yes, it was a second goal. Um, yeah. And that was like that was truly a striker's finish. You know, he he was composed. He just put it, you know. He wrong-footed the keeper and just put it in first time, and he did exactly what he's supposed to. And we're not going to talk about it super much because, again, that's his job and that's what he should be doing. But we have talked about it in the sense of, like, he's been missing that part of his game. So to see him do that against Villarreal on the first chance, that's good. It's a little upsetting to see him hit the post against Alfie, like you said, because that's kind of like t taking a step back from, you know, what he did against Villarreal. But he needs to be doing that consistently. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there are signs that he will he will be doing that. Um, back to your point, Adoni, though, about, you know, what, what his future is. I think you guys all summed it up really well. Like we've heard all sorts of things like, you know, might be leaving in January, might be leaving at the end of the season. Then we had Jovanovic come out and say at those awards that were just, that just happened to stop or whatever, that he's going to stay with us for many, many years or something like, you know, we've heard all, all the scenarios and, you know, we don't know what to believe, but I, I don't, I don't see any chance that he leaves in January. I think from the moment that the team is in a cup run, hopefully in a European run, in a league title race, you know, basically in everything, you can't, it would be foolish to give away, I don't know, you want to call him our best asset? Call him, I mean, you know, obviously Palacios is doing his job too, but whatever, that, that's another conversation. But one of your best asset, assets, you can't be given up midway through the season when you got all this stuff going on. So I see no chance for January. Um, in terms of the summer, I don't know. My only worry is, like you said, Mitsu, there is a chance that he takes a step back next season. Um, I don't want it to become like a, you know, a Levi Garcia situation where Ike turns down like 20 million and then Levi scores like one league goal in the first 13 games. You know, that would be pretty, pretty bad for, for his value. We've seen Olbiakos do that mm -hmm. with, with players in the past. Um, so I do want to keep Foti for a while. But if we're going to sell him, uh, I don't want that step back to happen. And, you know, that's completely out of your hands. So you don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah. I mean, I just don't – I don't want to, like, go on uh, you, Alex, or anyone in the chat. I just don't like those con kind of conversations happening, especially – we're not even at Christmas yet. Like, it's just deep breaths and just try and get through this season first before we – I'm with you. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, I think this is kind of a good way for us to like assess because we're already towards Christmas time, all right? We're almost at this Christmas break halfway point. Just kind of have a little bit of a recap of the season so far. Um, you know, we kind of touched on these results recently. Some of the players, like Forty, for example. What what has been like the big takeaway for you guys? What has been like this this first half of the season? Maybe something positive, but also maybe something that 
hasn't been so well that you would like to see change when we kind of come back from the Christmas break? And feel free, any, any of you, to just jump in. Go ahead. I think the positive is the attack, honestly. And it's been kind of weird because, you know, you have some games like against Adis, which I think is the only game we haven't scored in, in the league at least. Um, you know, you but we still have some of those games. I'm thinking about like maybe Kifisiat too, or we only won one nil, where it doesn't seem like we're going to score. Or like it seems like we have trouble scoring or we have trouble creating. Um, but then you have the games against like uh, Panzeraikos or Panatolikos, you know, five nils, Ofi, four nil. You know, long story short, we have the best attack in the league through 13 games. Um, most goals scored second would be Olympiacos. We have 36, they have 33. Um, you know, that was not the story last year at the halfway. We were top of the league by a substantial amount and we were by no means the, the most prolific team in terms of attack. So it's good to see that. Um, so that's the good, I think. The bad is, I think, something that uh, maybe Adonia, you touched on or everyone is the, the lack of consistency for most of our players. Um, I think the only really consistent player that we've had has been Palacios. Um, other than that, Foti has been inconsistent, you know, Juricic, Bernard, our midfield, most of our defense, uh, Vianidis post-injury, Brignoli's obviously had his, his slip-ups, you know, I could keep going on. Uh, really, I think Palacios has been the only consistent one, and that inconsistency, I think, has cost us probably in the losses or the drop points in the league, definitely in Europe. Um, so if we could get you know, it's unrealistic to ask all 11 players to be consistent, but if we could get a couple more players to meet some sort of consistency and match Palacios, then I think we're talking about, you know, a scary, scary team in the months to come. I think the injuries haven't helped either, specifically like our back line. We've questioned that so much, yet Vi came in, we gave him so many praise in the beginning, and then he just kind of, lost any sense of how to be a true center back like he was, you know, Magnuson, we were complaining about him in the beginning, but then once Yedvai was taken out, Bart came back, like that was a good partnership. And unfortunately he went down. Um, so I would say definitely the back line, you know, Juan Car going down was unfortunately with that whole event. Um, Aldenovic, he's shown great signs, but like we mentioned a lot, don't truly see him as a true left back, similar to Juan Car, you know, definitely more offensive oriented. I think our fullbacks in general, you know, we they're they're so offensive oriented, like the modern day fullback that it leaves our two center backs exposed. And Bart can be amazing, but you know, he's not the fastest of any guys. You know, when you have two guys to, you know, we get killed on the counter constantly. We saw it against Ren, saw it against Villarreal, some of those games. That's that's where our like true, I think, miss is. Obviously, the the midfield has been so up and down as well. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just lineups with Jovanovic. Like I said, we'll talk about it. And, you know, Vilena has been kind of disappointing. Jurisic, you know, the list goes on, as Alex said. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, the consistency, I'd say, has been from our attack, even our wingers and knock on wood that's always been our our downfall the last few years is not having enough depth there and i think especially guys like mancini man he was on fire last season came in this season was good got kind of demoted to the bench but he even when he comes on for 
spot minutes like he's always producing some same with Palacios you know they just know and take their role really, really well whereas I think everyone else I think that's a big miss is uh knowing the role you know some guys are used to being starters they get benched like we talked about Jurisic and Bernard they try to like make up for lost time for example and try to do too much when they're in their last 10 minutes and they just look like a space cadet out there just it's bad so uh, yeah, I think the inconsistency seems eh, inconsistency in both form and minutes has a lot to play into that. I mean, with the back line, it just seems that anytime there was about to be some cohesion and things were about to gel between the the center backs, at least it was usually an injury because I what all three have been injured at one point. Like each one of the first three choice center backs have been injured this mm-hmm. season at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, Bart went so, down first, yeah. Then right. Magnuson so, get by, so it, yeah. Like your ideal situation is having all three healthy, and you can rotate and go off of form, go off of you know who's been performing best in training, who can perform best according to your opponent and according to what tactics you want to apply in a given game. And I mean, Ivan's choices have has been limited at least there. And that's also impacted the the midfield because as we've seen, it's been like Arau and or Perez having to step in to the the center back role. Um so that's and and it's also a positive seeing that we're still first with the best defense and the best offense in the league. Um, despite that so that's something to take away from that midway point yeah those are all really really good points I think um, you know just kind of building from what you guys have been talking about as well I think one positive takeaway for me and me and Alex talked about this before is last season offensively we kind of struggled and this year you know we're the top scoring team in the league um, and to Mitchell's point, actually, as well, we, we were the best defensive team last year, but we weren't the, the best at scoring. Uh, I actually didn't even know we still had the best defense. So that's, you know, I, I think despite the, the issues that we've kind of struggled with, um, you know, that, that's that's a really big takeaway for me is that we found our way to be clinical, despite, you know, there there are those challenges where we don't really have that. You know, for I always bring it up. Nick's going to hear this and say it too. But I always talk about Berg, right? When we had Berg, you knew that was the scorer. That was the guy. This team, it's kind of a little bit different, right? Maybe Palacios is going to score. Maybe Fuerte is going to score. Maybe Ator is going to – everybody's kind of contributing, but we don't have that one out-and-out, you know, set target guy. Um, you know, and for me, the negative, really, the 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 bad thing about this so far is – it's kind of out of our control, but it's like you guys have mentioned, it's it's the injuries, right? We've Palmer Brown, I mean, Palmer Brown's not like a big part of the team, but Palmer Brown's been injured, you know, Bart's been injured, Yedby's been injured, Magnus out for the season with an ACL. And that's kind of when the win from our sales got taken out. You know, that I game when Magnuson tore that ACL was like, oh crap, you know what's gonna happen. And it just started going downhill. And and I think to myself, Man, I wish we still had Curbelis. Like, Curbelis could play as that center back. He could still play as that, you know, defensive mid. I I feel like what he did, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the, the best player last year, 
but he filled so many different voids. I, I would have liked to have him there because he could, you know, to Alki's point, the wingbacks going up, he would stay back. He would provide some of that stability. Right now, we don't really have that stability. We get caught out a lot on the counter. So that's just another thing that popped in my mind hearing you guys talk is, you know, man, I wish we had a Guberis there because, you know, Ruben, I always take shots at him, but great, great long passer, great kind of, you know, football IQ, but the guy's just too slow. He shouldn't be playing as much as Yvonne plays him. You know, I, I'd rather have Arau and and Curbelis as are kind of our bullies there in the midfield. But that's just kind of my how I saw it. What happened to that rumor of him coming back and I mean not being part of the team and transition well, Curbelis? Yeah. Well, it was a I while ago. It's, it's been so up and down for him in Turkey. I don't think anyone really knows where he stands with the coach and the squad. He's yeah. still training with them, but he's not really featuring much. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's a weird mm-hmm. situation with him over there. I don't, I personally, I wouldn't see anything of him coming back. If we had the opportunity, I don't even know if I would want him back just because he hasn't played much. I mean, he features for Ethniki, but we've seen like, the lack of time has obviously had a, an impact on his on-field play. Um, but but I, I do think, to all your guys' point, like the backline injuries aside, I, I think that's still something we need to explore either this winter or definitely in the summer because Magnuson comes back, let's say, even after for next season, you know, right before we signed him, he had just recovered from, I think, an MCL. Yeah. Um, and he tore his ACL. I don't know if it's the same leg or different leg, but that's either the same leg or that's two bad knees, essentially, or legs uh, for somebody so young. And, you know, for a center back, obviously doesn't need the speed, but you need to have your legs with you. Otherwise, he's going to look like Perez out there, but as a center back. And that just yeah. concerns me as a whole. Um, aside from the fact that, you know, none of our center backs could all stay healthy at the same time. I think that's just that's something that we definitely need to explore. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I really, really hope that we kind of, you know, tackle in this, at least in this winter windows, we'll just get somebody. Uh, I don't remember. Is yet by his loan one year? Or is it just half a season? Do you guys remember that? I think there was like talk about that when we first got him. And I, there was rumors that it was six months and other people were saying, no, it's the full season. I'm just gonna. I thought it, it was a full season, but I could be wrong. Yeah, because that makes the most sense. Because usually we you don't really see loans expire in January, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, just assume that. I would just yeah try and start looking now. Try and get something because it's gonna eventually bite us. Because I already know Ike is gonna start getting full steam ahead, and they're gonna start getting, you know, their kind of form together, and it's just gonna be a problem. I don't want. I don't want. A situation like last season happened again and um you know I, that I, I think that's kind of like a perfect segue to this actually because we we mentioned it before with Yvonne making that mistake last year of you know waiting a little too long for the transfers and it bit us you know we blew that 10 11 point lead and we ended up losing the league by a couple points uh you know something that's you know popped up a lot in the chat the last couple of days is you know, what what's going to kind of happen with Yvonne? You know, what are the expectations? Is it championship or bust? Is it, you know, do we, what, what do we do if we miss out on the league by a couple points again? Do we not renew Yvonne? Do we go in a different direction? 
there's there's been a lot of you know a lot of discussion of, amongst each other about that and I mean, i'll just quickly just kind of explain for me personally i'd rather keep ivan just going on history i'm a history guy right just looking at our history in the past under alafuzos look how many coaches i think it was in, in 11 years that alafuzos or 10 years alafuzos has been in charge we've gone through nine coaches only two have brought some sort of title that was anastasiu and that was Jovanovic. And realistically, Jovanovic, statistically, he's been the most successful coach we've had in the Alapuzos era. So let's say we miss out and, you know, we miss the league by a couple points again. Personally, I think we'd be, you know, going towards a, a more negative trend by getting rid of him and bringing in somebody else. Because how do we trust Alapuzos or whoever's making the, the, the calls to bring in a manager that's going to be even better than Jovanovic. You know, don't get me wrong. Jovanovic has his, has his flaws and I've, I've called him out on it before, but I just think it's a little too, too self-destructive. I think getting rid of him, if, if we miss by a couple of points, is just going to be too much. Um, I'm really curious to see what you guys have to say. What, what are you guys, what are your guys thoughts on, on Jovanovic and what happens in this season, his future? When is well, his, when is his contract up? Uh, it's this it's year. At the end of the season. He only he it's only signs season. short 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 deals. He goes like basically year by year. He might, I think when he started with us, he signed two years, and then he just he he did a year. But basically, like historically, he does year by year. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, what I was gonna say, and I'm gonna state the obvious for a second here, is that if we just look domestically, take let's take away Europe for a second. If we just look domestically, there's basically four teams that are competing for titles. And okay, no disrespect to Aris, but we know what the deal is. And there's two titles to be given in in domestically. That means if if two different teams win each of the titles, league and cup, that means still 50% of the competing teams are going to go home empty-handed. And that's not assuming that a team doesn't win the double like I did last season. In that case, three out of four teams go home unhappy. The reason I'm saying this is that yes, the goal is to win a title, the goal is to win the league, the goal is to win the uh, to, to win the cup, but there's still going to be good teams. All four teams are good teams and all, all four teams are competing for the same thing. And that doesn't mean everybody can win something. And I, 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 I'm conceding, I'm stating the obvious, but I don't think he's not the right man for the job just because we might not win the league or might not win the cup uh, for what that's worth, if that makes any sense to you guys. I'll play the odd man out here because... I have nothing against Jovanovic. I th- I I'm kind of in on the side of you guys like agreeing with it, but it also begs the question of obviously we can see with last season and the buildup he's created competing for a title, but at what point do we call the project, you know, this is as far as he can take it. Obviously there's not enough competitions for our team to like you said Alex there's really Europe, the league, and then the Greek Cup. So there's always going to be one or more than one odd team out if one team wins both or whatever. Um, and, and taking Europe out of it, because Europe's just an extreme ask there. So that leaves two, like you said, the four. But do we, I guess my point is going towards, are we okay with keeping Ivan to be kind of like the second tier, maybe a little bit better than what Adis is? Because Adis is consistently, obviously, more or less top four. 
they're always bothering people at the top, but not really going for championship. We've seen them get close a few seasons, but obviously it's not, it shouldn't be winter bust for me either for Jovanovic, but at the same time is how long do we just, you know, stay in the realm of top three, top two before we're like, let's shake it up. You know, this project isn't working anymore. I mean, there's a difference between bothering people on the top and uh, being in the race until the end, which we hadn't been in a long time since Jovanovic. Right. So, that, I mean, that, that's last yeah. season. I'm, I guess, I mean, if we go, obviously, if this season shows we're going to be, it comes down to last game day or two, like that's a different story. But I, I'm thinking just long term, even like what everyone's saying, everyone's either on one end or the other. If, if, last season doesn't happen keeping that aside obviously the way things are going now it looks like it'll be pretty similar um but assuming it doesn't get that and we're just top two top three i guess is more what i'm i'm pushing Mm -hmm. for prior to last season the big turnaround but kind of floating up there if that can that becomes the pattern over the next two three four seasons however long we decide to keep them i Mm -hmm. I guess my point is at what point do we consider it a project versus actually competing for the title we're like we're like talking about like if if he has a ceiling basically does Jovanovic have a ceiling with, exactly with our team right now and I think that's a good question and it could be too know. early I, to tell for me honestly I, 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 I think that's what I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say I think the sample size is what basically a season and a half I know he I know he had that first season in uh, 2001 uh, 2001 2021 22 where he won the cup but I think the sample size of like him like having the team that he wants for full season is really just last season where we came up short and this season. So basically, like I said, a season and a half. Um, That being said, I think the judgment is going to be easier to, it's going to be easier to have this conversation after this season. Uh, Do I think it's too late at that point? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so at all. I think the way it is right now, we have top four secured barring a disaster. You know, we're, I think eight points up on Addis. So like top four secure, I'm not saying my aspirations are fourth because they're not. My aspirations are the title. But at the worst case scenario, you also have to be thinking about Europe, which second versus third matters for that for that conversation. So if it's not the title, my aspirations are to give us the best chance of being in Europe next season. And I think that that means third or better. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but yeah, I, I do. I do. I do think it's going to be easier to have like, this conversation do, at, the end of, we, at the end of the season. The other question is, do we even think there's anyone out there that can match or potentially match Ivan's productivity? Like I, I personally don't think title aside, if, if we need somebody to come in and like get us in Europe, like Ivan's a guy, he's shown it. And I think mm-hmm. the jump he made from winning the cup to now winning title potentially compared to where with like Bologna and right before that the jump was such a huge jump where I think like everyone's expectations are really high similar conversation we had about the basketball team I think earlier this year he's made such mm-hmm. a big jump that I feel like some fans their expectations are like you know if he can't keep this up or win us a title he should be gone we and can't I think for- that's we can't too forget too that if we replace him, whether it's at the end of the season or next season, again, this is stating the obvious, but there's going to be growing pains once we replace him. Even if we find the right guy, look where Olympiacos is right now. Like they're in hell, right? They've, they've, they replaced Martins however long ago that was, and they haven't found any stability in the team and managerially since then. And that's basically worst case scenario. It could go a lot better than that, but 
generally but even when you replace, best case when you replace for your guy, them, like, we're not unfortunately we're not Olympiacos either with how crazy of a circus they've had with coaches like they've still stayed up top oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and, yeah, and the reality right. is i just don't see us being able to match that we don't spend the money we don't that's spend the money i mean that's the reality we, we're not going to match them in productivity with funds you could no. replace a coach we can't replace we don't replace players like they do so that that's my only other worry is like look at that they've gone through i think gate seven posted the other day like six coaches in 16 months or something like that um, yeah they're coming up on what you say earlier. I don't need nine coaches that Alfonso has gone in his tenure tenure. Yeah. They're catching up to that in less than two years. So like, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of brings yeah. up, there's so many different directions you go with it. And I kind of guess that's why I brought up like who else would it happen or where's the ceiling for this. But I think what you, what you bring up is a good point in that, like the jump that we made with him was so quick that we've kind of gotten spoiled. Like we didn't expect to be so relevant last year as much as we were and i'm not i'm not again i'm not saying that i'm settling for second or third or even fourth no. that's not what i'm saying but we were relevant much quicker than we thought we were going to be and that that that's that's getting rid of him is not gonna magically solve anything that now like no. we're still in first like so i don't I don't, I don't see what we're trying to solve by, by getting rid of him. Uh, there, there are questions to be asked of him. Uh, you know, he's made questionable decisions. He's, you know, obviously reluctant to call up some young guys when we're short at center back, you know, it goes on and on, but still, I don't know. I don't know what we're really trying to solve considering we're top of the league and doing pretty well in general. Yeah. Well, and to that point, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to segue or I wanted to bring that up. And, and Alki, I'm also glad that you brought up the, the question about who do we bring? Because I was going to bring that up also. But to Alex's point, uh, yeah, I mean, I also think, you know, he, he's made mistakes. There's things that we can certainly call him out on. But it's like we're still in first place. Um, you know, we we came up with a, with a really solid bounce back win against Ophi. And you also have to look at just the injuries that we've been dealing with as well. I mean, there's constant injuries on our most vital defensive areas around right? the center backs. Quancar was out for so long. Bayanidis went out. Like, the guy's also dealing with a lot of injuries in his roster. And, you know, ultimately, I mean, we've, we've been kind of coming away with, with what we need in the league. I mean, he, he's producing. And, you know, back to the question Alki brought up as well, I, I just can't see us. It's just, you know, just going by history, I can't see us finding a coach that's going to do even better than Jovanovic has done so far because just look at who we've brought in the past. I mean, we've, we've somewhat spent money in the past. Or Stramaconi, for example, that was a disaster. It just, you know, comes to my mind, right? Uh, you know, guys like Bologna. Again, Bologna was like a like a caretaker coach. He's not a coach yeah. that you're built. He's 70 years old. I mean, you're not going to build a plan. You know, I mean, Ivan's up there too, but he's a little more flexible, right? He, he knows what he likes. I just, you know, I think Yango brought it up. I mean, Pablo Garcia, but if anything, I see Pablo Garcia going to Pau, going back to Pau again, even though they kind of screwed him over. It's another topic. Um, <laughs> you know, that was just ridiculous. But I mean, a guy like that, I mean, Say who do you bring? It's it's for sure gonna be a, a foreign coach. I I think Alafuzos is kind of tired of the Greek coaches. We saw with those Uzunidis and Donis and kind of how those relationships ended a little bit. Um, 
and then again, it's only like a season and a half, really, like Alex was saying, where we saw Jovanovic kind of, you know, put this team together. We kind of rose to prominence really quickly. I would love to see him for another season or so, see what he does. And again, if the same issues kind of persist, okay, then it's like maybe we need to we need to reevaluate it. For me personally, if we catastrophically like fall off, okay, then you know, let's say we somehow we're we're in the title race and then we drop to like fourth or fifth. All right, yeah, all right. But dude, it's like we said, it's December. We're in first with everything aside. Like the house isn't on fire. Like why is this even? I guess my bigger thing is like why is this even a topic right now? Right. Because people I, are I, bored. I agree. People I are agree. bored and journalists need to pump out. I it's it's just insane yeah. to me. Like, yeah, Europe has been kind of disappointing. There's been some spotty, like questionable decisions, but like, come on, guys. We're in first. We're yeah. still in Europe. We have like a kind of a winner go home type of situation against Maccabi. Also, what what's it been? Six, seven years since we, we were in a group stage? Yeah. Eight? Like, come on, it? guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Alex, perfect. Like, I think we were spoiled, and I think a lot of our fans have taken that and run with it. Whereas, like, now any hiccup is like failure. Like, we need to make a move. And it's like, do we want to be that revolving door of like how the rest of Greece has been the last, or like I said, six coaches and how long? Like, we don't, we don't want to get back into the old Greek habits, is my point. Like, yeah. it's, it's just absurd that we're having that type of like rumor discussions around the fame base, like now in December after such a successful campaign so far and last season, like, and the season that, before. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly how I felt after the Addis game, uh, you know, which was upsetting. Um, and I listened to the, the Leo photos, which, which I do basically after every game, but like listening to that one after that game, it was like, it's, it was basically a microcosm of this big conversation that we're having. Like if anybody listened to it, you'd see that like they were acting like, it's the end of the world. Like they were saying stuff like we got it. Like no one, no, like no one's good for the team. We got to change the whole team. Question yeah. Ivanovic. Like, and I was, I was like, dude, first of all, like it's still Adis. It's still the fifth best team in the country at their home. It was our first we, loss since last season in May. Do we want to go there and win? Of course. But at the end of the day, like it's not, it's not completely ridiculous if Adis beats any of the top four at their own home. Like, you know, they gave it to Ike a couple of days ago yesterday. You know, they, they did lose one nil, but they gave it to Ike in Aya Sofia. Like, they're still a good team. Like, why are we acting like Aris is Rama Ethniki or Vita Ethniki? Like, why are we doing that? Like, and why are we being so fatalistic about the situation? Like, no one likes losing, but that doesn't mean you need to, you know, completely re- rebuild and upend the whole situation. Yeah. The, the fan base, and, the, you know, I got kind of called out in the chat about it, but I, I said anyway. The one thing that's annoying is our fan base. Like, it's just too, like, I feel like the fan base is somehow they're spoiled, even though we haven't won much in the last 10 years. And they act like every little hiccup is catastrophic. Like you guys are saying, it's just so frustrating. Like, yeah, we lost sports though. I mean, everything's very reactionary. Yeah. We've been so spoiled. Like I said, we haven't lost a game since May to Olympiacos last year, basically. That was our last loss. We did at least lose to Ike. We lost. Um, maybe it was Ike. I was looking. I was just going through other outside of Europe, obviously. But like, you know, that's one loss in what six months? Like, come on. Yeah, it's just it's just so reactionary, and it's just it's just frustrating because you see the fans kind of influence the papers and it's and vice versa, and it gets to the club sometimes too. And it's like we have something good going on. Stop crying about it because it. 
for example, what I told the Olympiacos fans when they were crying about Martins, I'm like, when you guys lose Martins, when he leaves, you're going to see what's going to happen. Look what's been happening with them. Same with us. We went through all these years of struggles. Let's say we lose Jovanovic. Who's to say that we're going to be in this position again that we're in first place in December? I mean, we might not see this again for years to come. We just don't know with, with how things are run with the club. So it's like, just take what we can right now. We're up a point or two points. And we'll see from there. We still have a winter window to come in and, you know, add some players, get rid of players, whatever it needs we, we need to do. And there's still half a season left. Like, stop, you know, stop complaining and making it like the, the house. Yeah, we had such a big point gap last season and then we lost it. Yeah. Anything and, but there was nowhere I, near this kind of reaction. So it's like, like, like Mito said at the beginning, even towards the 40 thing, like, let's just focus on the season let's get through it and see what actually happens with the season before we start making like such rash decisions it's right i think one thing that's worth talking about and i we've i think maybe adoni we talked about it last time uh we were on maybe the australians also talked about it but it, it is the form in derbies i think that's one of the most concerning things um because that's I mean, those are the games you need to be winning because those are your competitors, but also that's that's becoming a trend with us. Like, we have three dropped games this season. Uh, it's a loss against Ike, a loss against Aris, and uh, a draw against Pauk. So it, it's it's basically, you know, with the exception of Aris, kind of, it's, it's all your competitors that you're handing points over to and not taking any points off of them. And this is kind of going back to last season. That's, I think, you know, something worth talking about you know, if that continues, then you're you're definitely not looking good. Um, it's it's fortunate enough that we've dropped points against those three teams, and we're still top of the table. Like that is that is fortunate because, like we've pointed out in the chat, specifically, I think Nick, you know, we're eight for eight or nine for nine now against the minnows, which is you know that's why we're top of the table. Um, but if that yeah, if that form against the you know the top four or five continues, then you're you're definitely not looking at being being top of the league but but to play devil's advocate to my own point at the same time Jovanovic's form in the playoffs has been quite good um especially especially I, I know we I know we botched the the league in playoffs last year because Ike was also just really good in the playoffs but we were good last year but even the year before that I think we only lost that one game against Pauk, that's what I was gonna we, say that's that's when we went up there and rested everybody if it wasn't for that we would have we would have gone ten games in the playoffs against the the teams that we're talking about the top five mm-hmm. without without dropping not not without losing a game. Which Nobody is, wanted to play us in derbies that season because yeah, we were yeah. so good, and we so weren't even it, like near the top of the table. So it's like yeah, devil's advocate on the flip side, we've been mediocre but like a derby nightmare, and so got to find yeah, that so balance. It's, it's not all it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Like you said, Alex, it's not all bad. No. Yeah. Mitsu, uh, what were you going to say? I saw you wanted to share something. Um, I did. I don't remember what it was now, but yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a can of worms. It's a can of worms, basically, and it can, yeah, it, it can get pretty, pretty crazy. And, like, you know, you guys pointed out the minnows, right? Something Nick, I mean, me, me and Nick have known each other for years, and something Nick always pointed out is, the last time we were kind of competing for a, a league title, I remember, it was like back in 2015 at Nastasio, the, the season he ended up getting uh, getting sacked. Um, our biggest problem, we, we were winning in derbies, but we were losing against Panionios. You know, we were losing against Pazianena. Like, even Bologna a couple of seasons, we, 
he caught us. You know, we lost like what three, four times in a row to Pazianena in like a week and a half. Like, oh, that that's what used to screw us. Like, it history's there to back us up that we we can. You know, the the averages can kind of come back towards us towards these these derbies. The biggest thing is getting the wins like we already have against the minnow side. That's something that we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, so you know that, that that's trending towards the positive, right? And again, like to Alex's point, we had a 10, 11 point lead at this time last year and I ended up winning the title. So anything can happen. I mean, we, for all we know, we could end up winning by 10, 11 points. We don't know. It's just better to keep everything, you know, don't blow up the entire ship because, you know, uh, you know, Stratos on, on Twitter got butthurt that we lost against Adis. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous, man. Like I see some of these things and it's just, just so frustrating. I, I'm very appreciative of, of Jovanovic, and I know you guys all are too. Like, we haven't seen. I, I'm actually so excited to watch Panathinaikos all the time because, you know, you, you just don't know what you're gonna get. You you know that you're gonna get positive results. You don't really have too much anxiety when you're playing these minnow teams versus before we did. It's just positive. That's what that's what I like to focus on. But um, any last things you guys want to add to this about the FC before we switch things over to basketball? Or have we just we just kind of like choked this thing dry? I think a little bit, right? We've been talking about things are looking good. Yeah, things are yeah things are looking good. I like that. That's a good summary. Positive there. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll of course you know we'll keep talking about it after Christmas break as well. We'll see what what kind of happens there. Um, but switching over to basketball. Um, before before we switch to basketball, I'm gonna wish you guys good night and good rest of the pod. It's almost 4 a.m. here, so I'm going <laughs> to try and catch some sleep. Um, nice talking yeah. to you guys. Grateful to join and enjoy. Kill it. And I'll talk to you guys soon again. Yeah, nice speaking with you, Mito. Thanks for stopping by, man. Kalinikta, Mito. Kalinikta, guys. All right. See you, Mito. Yeah, so to the basketball front, um, we have – uh, basically dropped down to, I think we're, well, we're at 500 now. We're six and six. Six and six, yeah. A um, couple of brutal losses, in my opinion, in EuroLeague. Uh, we had the overtime loss against Partizan uh, last week, last Thursday. Um, we had that that brutal loss today against Anadu, uh, FS. Uh, you know, just kind of breaking it down a little bit. It's it's kind of like we're talking about with with the FC right now with the Jovanovic thing, where fans are frustrated. I myself am frustrated, but I think the expectations need to be kind of hampered down a little bit. Also, um, you know, Panathinaik was BC came into the the season. There was a lot of crazy hype from the media talking about you know we're going to Final Four, we're going to win uh, Euro League title this year. Realistically, I mean, I think Alki and I talked about it as well. When you've got a brand new team, you still need time to gel together, right? I mean, this past couple of seasons, the team has struggled. They didn't make playoffs last year. And, you know, just to get into the game with Partizan a little bit, just to get my thoughts kind of on track, the game was neck and neck pretty much the entire time uh, against Partizan in uh, Belgrade, which is a very hard stadium to play in, as you guys know. You know, team teams making a run. Partizan comes back, they make a run. We hit the fourth quarter. Uh, they started kind of taking the game away from us a little bit. We caught back up, forced OT. 
same situation happen, right? That we've seen in other overtime scenarios the last two, three times this season. We went cold two, three straight minutes. Kevin Punter, of course, came back and about torched us, killed us in OT, and none of our guys could buy a bucket, and that was it. We lost the game. And it's it's just been really, really frustrating, um, to, to just say the least, just the way that the team's been losing. Because um, in my opinion, people are acting like the team is – you know, like like they're just horrible, but it's it's not the case. We're we're keeping things neck and neck. It's just the team is missing a closer. We don't have the closer. It's supposed to be Slukas on paper, like I mentioned in our chat today. But Slukas is just he just hasn't what a been disappointment, man. I yeah. mean, the age and everything, but the contract. You bring in guys like I said earlier. We we brought in none who's supposed to be kind of like that scoring guard that Slukas and Vildova. Uh, haven't provided but it's like when you rock the boat too much it's gonna there's gonna be like we talked about i think a few episodes ago like these are the growing pains we were talking about with alex and like obviously being one and three is a lot worse than being like two and three like we said but now being six and six is a lot better than it could be like four and eight really um and some of those games could have gone either way but i i think I don't know, and I could be wrong, but I, I think s- s- these small elementary mistakes are obviously polishing things they need to clean up on, but they're going to bite you in the ass because I feel like in basketball, it's a lot harder to recover from and turn things around so quickly compared to football. Obviously, you know, the situations are pretty similar, but we built up such a good, what was it, eight games in a row just to have drop two big games back to back like this um is just really deflating um i think the reaction is a bit much but at the same time i can see some of it why uh like today's game that call alex you called it out too. the partisan game like you go to ot as soon as that was announced like game over you had to beat him in regulation like these are small little things that are the growing pains but you have to clean it up pretty quickly otherwise you got to drop the expectations a lot more for this season yeah, I, I agree. It's it's it is frustrating, you know, you, especially today's game, because today's game. I mean, again, they, they they are like five and one at home right now on a Dulu, but they were missing a, a few key players today. They had injuries. That was our game to take. We kept it neck and neck. But yeah, I don't know if you guys saw like the last, I think, 20 seconds, the out of out of timeout play for Slukas. I don't know what that was. I mean, he he just came out, and it's like, dude, you're like five eleven, and there's you know Tyrese Jones is on. He's like six foot six. It's like, what are you trying to do to score over him? Like, he had three guys smother on him. Like, I think the pressure's getting to him, honestly. Yeah, I think we're also again. I'm not a basketball expert, but like I see that in these late game scenarios, we become very predictable. I think it was. One of the OT games, it was a partisan OT where we were just, we said this in the chat, we were just running everything through Mitoglu and like, yeah, he had the hot hand and everything. But like, once you start becoming predictable like that, then it's like super easy to to close down your play. And all they had to do was shut down Mitoglu in that game. And then we just went completely dry in OT. And I think kind of the same, the same situation happened here is like, okay, like they're just like, we're like, okay, they're going to run they're going to run through Slug as his last play and they're going to try to close the game out with him, which 
you know, whatever we could, we could discuss if that was the right call or not. And my point is that if you're just going to be predictable like that, then it's going to be really easy for teams to shut you down and then you're not going to be able to put it away. And then we're going to be having these conversations. That's why it brings up the question of like, you know, obviously the growing pains can take time to gel, but like, for me, these are like, like we said, elementary things, you become so predictable that for to me, that comes back on the coach. You got to be able to figure out creative ways Obviously, like they say, you feed the hot hand, you feed the hot hand, but you keep feeding the hot hand. That means everyone else is cold. And when you become too direct in your play, predictable, like you said, Alex, like you don't have to be a basketball expert to know, like once they shut that down, you don't have another avenue. If you're just leaving all your guys cold, you know, basketball, unfortunately, is one of those sports where like you have to have the ball in your hand. You can't you got to create momentum and rhythm just by, you know, repetition. And it's a much faster pace than compared to footy where, you know, you can, your strikers there to score things like that versus basketball. We have so many different avenues to be able to score and the roster, the makeup, you look at it on paper, it looks great, but like there's games where none his first, his debut and like his next two games, he was hot. And then it what became Mitoglu was like the MVP for three, four straight games, which is great to have that in Lasorda scoring. But there's too much inconsistency where there's not one guy that's going to give you the consistency. And when it is Mitoglu or none, and we're not feeding them or somebody shuts off their water, then we have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, and in basketball, that's just very basic one-on-one. You know, once they figure out your, your plan A, we have no plan B, unfortunately. Yeah, that's – and, you know, to, to that point as well, Mitoglu, I'm glad you guys brought that up from the Partizan game. It was so obvious. By the time we went to OT, he was gassed and we yeah. couldn't do anything. And same today. We kept running actions for Lasor constantly, constantly, constantly. And they read it in the fourth quarter. I mean, look how many look how many turnovers Lucas had. Look how many turnovers none had just getting the ball to the big man every single time it, it, because they were just expecting it. It was just so obvious. I'm like – He's going to pass to the Lasor who's triple or double teamed, and he's going to turn it over again and again. And it's like we never have a backup plan because it's pass it to the big man, either Mito Blue or Lasor, or just have Slukas or, or none. Pray basically at that point. And that's like yeah. a coaching thing to me. Like, obviously, the, the IQ of the players on court, you got to be able to read that and see, like, okay, Lasor's double, triple team. Don't feed him the ball. That's the first problem. But then the second problem is, like, what's happening in those timeouts then? Like what kind of plays are being drawn up? Like, and it's like you said, Alex, so predictable that even after that, they still kept going to, and it just stuff like that makes me boggle my mind. And it's really frustrating. Um, But I'll say it again. Like these are the growing pains. We're going to have to unfortunately go through the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, my, my expectations, I, I posted a quote um, earlier today. It was from Eddie Tavares from uh, Real Madrid. He's, he's like one of their best players. He, he, he was saying, he's like, I see Panathinaikos going uh, to the final four or even making the final this year. I'm like, dude, no way. Like, I realistically, the expectation, I think this team is good enough to make the playoffs. That should be the aim. Make the playoffs. doesn't matter if you're eighth or seventh or whatever. Just make the playoffs and win the Greek League title. And we're going to reconvene in the summer and see because the roster still needs some improvements. I think we're too guard heavy and we just don't have like the bigs. I mean, I'm sorry. Lasor goes out with Basarovsky. I mean, 
it's like like who says he's like a chicken without his head sometimes like he gets the ball today travels and then he has the red art traveled i'm like dude that was so obvious like that was just a stupid turnover and slukas as well i forgot to mention this too hits a three and then complains to the ref and gets a tag and then brings the game back with it i think it was like within like one or two points for them as well it's just little stupid all that small stuff but you know at the same time i don't i'd rather happen now than this start happening in the playoffs and they can't figure it out if they can't figure it out you know in the next couple months then it's time to start worrying but you know we'd rather have the mistakes happen now to learn and grow from it than have this happening and like really obviously not saying these games aren't big because they obviously are but i'm talking like come playoffs or final four whatever it is something like this happens and like yeah i can't imagine what the reaction would be yeah yeah it'll 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 blow up and it'll just get crazy and yeah we're, we're we're in for it man we're gonna need to be patient a little bit and Figure things out. I mean, Papa Petru's still out. Hernan Gomez is out injured too. Like the team's also dealing with a couple of injuries in 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 you know our bigger spots. So I don't know. And 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 they said they came out the other day. The coach came out. He said that we're not going to sign any more players. That's just going to happen in the summer. So what we've got is what we've got. Um, and so we're just going to have to kind of think and pray. I see holes and, and problems with the roster still. Um, but again, I mean, if you're if, if if there's fans out there that are like thinking, you know, Euroleague or bust, I mean, brother, I've got I've got a freaking house to sell you or something, dude. Because we're not gonna win any, we're not winning any European title right now with how things are are built. And it's only the first season too. And I, that's why I don't like that that the coach came out and he was saying, you know, we're gonna make Final Four. And Slu- I think Slukas or somebody said it last week when we won too. This is a Final Four team. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, this is this is not a Final Four team right now. Like, well, Ataman did it again. So he said it over the summer that like we're, we're I in Final Four, and then we we obviously started two and four, and then we were having these exact conversations with Doni and Alaki, and then we went six and four. We had that nice run, and we went six and four, and then Ataman comes out again and says, "All right, book your tickets to the Final Four. It's like, uh, I and I know he's like that. I know he's like that. Like that's just like his personality, but. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much because we already talked about it, but you know, it's shooting yourself in the foot. It's, it's just like, just, just play the game. You're six and four. You had a streak of four good games. Like that's great. Just build on that. I don't know. It's like, I, I get, I get like getting the fans behind you and hyping them up. I get that. But at the same time, like you're, you're opening up these conversations if you're going to say stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do I do think there's positives. We've talked about this a lot, uh, Adoni. Like you know, a, a lot of those. Okay, we've lost six games in Euroleague. A lot of those games have been very close games, and you don't have anything to show for it on, on you know, record wise. But you know, it could easily be instead of six and six, you know, whatever eight and four, eight and four, like, yeah. eight and four exactly. Like and just also, like the I beginning at, of the season, you know, ball roll away or whatever it was like exactly. And I look at I look at our our uh, our point uh, difference. I don't know. I had it up somewhere, but I think we have like the third best uh, difference in the league. And that's like okay, obviously Madrid is number one, and then I think maybe Barca or someone is two, or maybe Bologna is two, and then it's us three, and we're sitting at eighth. So like, that's kind of indicative to like how we've been playing in general. Like, yeah, we're six and six, but still got the third best point difference. Like. 
I think I'm any of sure. the games that we've lost, like there's only been one where it was like really questionable or double digit. Everything else is either like we blow the team out or it's been like a single possession game, basically. Even yeah. against Barcelona, where like we were pretty bad, we and it was over there. We came like, back. We, though, only, we only lost. <laughs> we only lost. We only lost by eight. So like again, that that shows nothing. But you were bad. You were playing away against probably the second best team in the league, and you still lose by eight. Like I don't know. Like even if it means something little, it, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was against Fenerbahce where we just got freaking blown, the doors blown off of us. And yeah, everything else was just one possession. And it does come down to like what I was saying today. It's just that, that lack of a closer. Every team has a closer. Shane Larkin today for FS disappeared for three quarters. He came in clutch the last minute, two minutes of the game, and he just killed us. And, you know, you look at teams like Olympiacos last year, who had the closer, right? They had a Vezhenkov on the team. They had Walkup who was a little more informed last year and making those those big buckets for them. You know, you look at, like, Partizan, Kevin Punter. Kevin Punter missed, like, a month, came back. He's their closer. Every team has their – today, also another example, Mike James. Their – Monaco's down six points. He hits two threes, wins them the game, like, at the very end, the last few seconds. Like, every, every good team – has the closer they have the guy with this team they're still trying to figure it out it's you know today i think the coach forced it with lucas i don't think he should have done that you know trying to figure that out he didn't play Vildoza for whatever reason today um in my opinion somebody else tweeted as well i think kendrick nunn should have taken the last shot he he hit the last two big shots of the game for us him or Grant deserved it i mean they they hit some big shots today i think nunn has to be the go-to guy in general I yeah. mean, you've seen him in the NBA, Donnie. I don't know, Alex, how much NBA you watch, but, like, he's he's the capable type of score. Like, he's a true just, like, score. Like, that's his role. He's a small, undersized guard, so he's not going to distribute a lot, but, like, he can definitely shoot and he can score. And, like, that's his only positive attribute. Like, he's okay on defense, but, like, that's that's his game. So, like... Why you wouldn't feed into that like they did a few games before that, like his last two games where he got like MVP uh, or close to it with him and Mitoglu basically trading off in games. Um, you know, he can give you 2025 20, any given night in this league, especially. Uh, and why they don't go there, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe he's trying to push to Slukas just because of the name, the contract, the expectation. There's just, like I said, I think they're still trying to figure it out though. Um, and hopefully it's soon but you know they added those two guys a few guys went down so like it's it's a constant revolving added into the mix that it's just an entire new roster um i think it's just hard to like really understand what the expectation should be game to game honestly yeah yeah i think um you, you know with just like looking like starting five type of deal personally i i I mean, and Adam already does this. I, I wouldn't start Slukas. Um, I, I'm going Jerry and Grant and probably Kendrick Nunn as my two guards because he just likes playing the two guards. Um, Jerry and Grant, I think, has been, like, our best player overall, like, just complete-wise. He, he has the most steals on the team. I think he's highest PIR. Like, he hits clutch buckets, too. Like, that's the guy that we need in the starting five. Kendrick Nunn is the guy to hit the big shots. Um, Kendrick Nunn kind of reminds me of like 
Dwayne Bacon how we had last season. I wish we had uh, – I brought it up last time. Man, if we had Dwayne Bacon, dude, we would have won today. Like, that's a certified bucket right there. And, and we need none. We need to run actions through him again. I think Nunn's only played, like, what, seven games? Is it six, seven games? So he's, he's still trying to get used to it as well. We don't know if he's going to stay past the season. So it's like, how much are you – you know, are you committed to the team type stuff? Um, but yeah, I'd run that and just hope for the best because we need that guy. We need that closer because yeah, that, that's that's just the, the stuff that just is the growing pains like you guys are referring to. Um, sorry, Alex, did you want to say something? I thought I, I cut you off. Uh, no, I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something and I, and I got ahead of myself there, but We'll see you guys. I mean, we have the game against Real Madrid. Um, and I mean, yikes. Yeah, I think the expectation for that one is a loss. I mean, as long as we make it respectable, Olympiacos, Olympiacos lost today by, by six or seven, and they lost the game the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. So they were actually giving it to Real Madrid. I'm, I'm wanting us to put up a fight against them, but again, I'm not expecting us to win it because. I think Real Madrid's going to win the title again. I think they're going back to back. I tweeted that like a week or two ago. They're, they they barely lost uh, their first game like last week against Fenerbahce, and it was on like a buzzer beater, like a like a mistake turnover, and they got scored on by Yam Matters. So, I mean, if we can play some good defense, we can make it respectable because that's Real Madrid at the end of the day. They're just a high octane. They're scoring team, you know. Yeah. They're blowing their teams and their opponents out of the water. I think – Alex, you said I think they're probably what top point differential. I think. Yeah, I was I, I was just I was just looking it up. They got they're like over they a thousand. They have one sixty three difference over a thousand, like you said, Forrest. Yeah. Then yeah. it's Barca at seventy eight, and then it's us at third, like I said, at forty three. Yeah. So yeah, there's a huge drop off, but you know. Well, I think the biggest two, difference the is they're us. they're playing good defense too. Like I I think points wise, I think we we've probably second or third behind them. Like as far as like how many we've scored, we're probably in second actually or maybe third um we're Points only like second oh no we're third partisan is actually second yeah but you look at partisan yeah they're below us i think because they allow a lot of points too similar to us yeah. so if we can play defense and not let them take us out of our usual game it'll at least be respectable but we'll see that's a that's a tall ask we have coming up yeah yeah they're yeah they're they're hands down the best they're the best team in europe it's them and Barca that are the that are the best. Um, it is going to be a tough tough ask. Um, just make it respectable. It's, please don't get blown out. I think I think we can. I feel like this team is is kind of like they run they remind me of the ethnic a little bit. When it's like a big game, that's when suddenly they're going to like start punching harder. Um, we saw in the Barca game. Yeah, we were down by a lot. But that's because our you know, Barca couldn't miss a three that day. Um, and then we uh, we eventually crawled it back to, I think it was like, what, seven or something within single digits. So Lost by eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, by eight, right? So it's like, yeah. as long as we can make it respectable, I mean, that that's what you can ask for. And just start winning again, start start racking up wins against Jalgiris and these other teams that are not as, as high up on the table. That's where you kind of want to stat pad a little bit. Um, and then just hope for the best, that things start to gel a little bit more and we figure out our, our defensive schemes and, yeah, but yeah, we're we're gonna be having these conversations a lot, you guys, uh, throughout this season. Um, but that's pretty much. That, did you go, did you want to add anything in, Alki? 
No, no. just laughing that, yeah, that's going to be the, the ongoing topic yeah. all season long unless we can just figure it out here quickly. One thing yeah. I did want to say specifically is that the really concerning part about BC is, you know, when you're when you're doing stuff that is really just giving, giving it to the other team, for example, like we've talked in the past about the rebounding, and that was really a problem with Barcelona where, you know, we were giving them two plus, two to three looks on many possessions at the basket and they're not, they're not going to waste those. And okay. Like that's Barca. Like you could just say like, okay, we'll lose that one, whatever. But like, you, that's kind of what happened today too. And the reason that it's almost more, more concerning today is that, you know, uh, F is one of the worst rebounding teams in, in your league this season and you're getting out rebounded by them. That's a huge concern. And, you know, that's kind of why we lost the game in, in a dumbed down version. Like, you know, they, it was a game we should have won, like you said, Adoni, because of their injuries, because, you know, of this and that. The only reason we were still in the game is because they were shooting pretty poorly from three. That kept us in the game. But it, even against the bad teams, if you're getting out-rebounded, especially against a team that you should be out-rebounding, like, what are you doing? Like, that that's just, that's just, I don't know, you're just tossing the game at that point. And that's just really frustrating. Yeah. On the offensive glass, like we're doing okay. It's defensively, like you're mentioning, we give up so many second chance looks, and they always, of course, they always make them. Exactly. And it's it's just one of those things too, where it's like, I feel like a lot of the times we kind of get like outmatched because of our 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 size. Like, I I don't think we're a big team. Like, yeah, we have Lasore and we we'll have Basarovsky, but like you look at like I think Kendrick Nunn's our tallest guard at like six foot five. Costas Lucas is like it says six three. He's like five eleven. Um, yeah, we basically go from like small guards to like smaller power forwards, undersized big guys. But there's such a gap in between where we don't have any true. Grant is probably our only true wing player, and he's not even like your traditional wing. So I don't know. the The roster makeup does have its gaps that they'll need to figure out. But you know, we'll we'll yeah. have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, you know, here's hoping Papa Petru and, and Juancho Gomez can, you know, fill in some of those gaps in that in that regard there. But um, Juancho wasn't even wasn't even a factor when he was healthy. Like that was disappointing. Yeah. Very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Coach yeah. called him out too, and that was yeah. that was cool. So we'll see. We'll see. You guys, there's there's a lot of question marks around the team. I know today was just kind of frustrating. I just got really annoyed about that loss, but. That, um, that that grand call too was just like oh my god that lost the game well, I think I yeah that was, that was that was a head that was a head banger that was like oh my god it reminded me of of yesterday I was watching the Celtics game Halliburton hit a three a four point play exact and I just like bit my lip pissed off man I'm like you're kidding me back to back days like yeah, yeah that was that was just so frustrating that that grand call today but you know it it is what it is man um. That that's pretty much all I've got for BC. I don't. Did you guys want to add anything else before we end the pod? I don't know. I was just gonna say that you know if we lose on Thursday, then we're six and seven. We said this in the chat, like we're gonna have to go on a little bit of a run. Um, you know, I'm not. Obviously, a win on Thursday would be amazing, but if you're six and seven, like we said in the past, like you don't want to go six and eight. Like you're just digging yourself a hole. So if we do go six and seven, like we definitely got to win. Like say two out of the next three after that. I don't know what the schedule looks like. But you know, worst case scenario is we drop six and seven, then six and eight, and then 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 we're looking 
then we're like Coot said, then we're struggling like to, to really make playoffs. But if we're looking to make playoffs and get a little bit of higher seed, like you, you can't be, you can't be skidding multiple games. So I, I'm looking, I'm looking for that bounce back after, you know, after the, the Madrid loss. Yeah. Same, same. Just hoping that we can, you know, after the Madrid loss, which is probably going to happen. You know, just try, try not to, to get a, a bigger hole dug in there. We can go on a little bit of a run and just, if we do go on a little bit of a run, you know, just don't listen to the coach about running, making a final four run and all that this season. Cause that just doesn't seem likely right now, but um, alrighty then you guys, that's, that's pretty much our, our pod. We've got a lot covered. Um, thanks again for, for joining us. This is uh, Paul fans international, the American panel. Next time is going to be the Australians. We'll be back with those, with those guys from down under, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more positive things to talk about next time. But it was good having you guys today on the pod. Yeah, likewise, guys. We'll uh, catch you guys next week. Thank you, boys. See ya.